0: the The not so positive ways, gosh, I would say that I have um this is not my
1: mother's fault, but I have suffered with anxiety all of my life because I was so cautious about not doing the wrong thing, yeah, you feel me so um. There's one of two ways you can go when you're taught to do the right thing. You could be curious about it and decide to do it. Or you could be like, absolutely not. That is not me. That's those people. I'm different from those people. I don't do this. I don't do that. And what that did was it took me the opposite way. It kept me in not just a physical shell like the house, but it kept me in my mind just so afraid to live. And I feel like that partially stunted my growth. I don't know if she could have avoided that because she was trying to do the best she could. But that's another way that I was influenced from my upbringing.
0: The joy of children laughing around you. These are the of you It is true, the makings of you
2: What's up, beautiful people? It's your host Drake B. Drake with Everything Culture, and we're back with another making to you. And we have another great person with us. We have Christian. Is it Demerit? Demerit. Yeah. Oh, I said it right. Welcome, <laughs> Christian.
1: How you doing? Hey, thank you for having me. I am really good.
2: We love really good. Mm-hmm. We love really good a lot. Yeah. Um, so, whenever y'all listening to us this morning afternoon this evening this is a great time to get to know more about our future guests so christian is going to be sharing a bit about herself with us through our plethora of questions that we have um we ask these questions once we get to get to know more about a guest. we like to know who's talking about what they are talking about okay we don't want to just hear about from nobody okay from anybody christian has a great experience met her sometime on social media i love the work she does about uh actors i don't know what is the actors names you may not know faces you may know but names you may not can you can you create so, close.
1: so close so close so <laughs> close so the keyword black actors whose names you may not know but whose faces you do so There you black go. black actors whose face you know but whose names you may not
0: Excuse me, officer. remember her. don't you know who this man is who's the man who put the space in sphinx's teeth The man who knocked the hat off Hagler's
2: head. There you go. There you go. And I fell in love with it. So I I really do appreciate you making time for us today and sharing yourself. So Christian, I know I asked this question already. I'm going to ask it again. Have you listened to the makings of you?
0: I have. I have. Okay. Okay. So Uh look, she all right,
2: y'all. She all right. We ain't got nothing to stress about. It's going to be a good time as always. But, you know, about to get into the first question. So, Christian, Mm
1: -hmm. how would
2: you describe yourself?
1: I would describe myself as, the first word that comes to mind is eccentric, um, peculiar. uh, Creative. Um, I would describe myself as God's child. And, um, an actor, a singer, I, I hesitated on singer because I consider myself more of a musician whose instrument is voice and it's, 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 um, I differentiate for a reason, but, um, yeah, I would describe myself as uh creative, um, quirky, dorky, uh, yeah, so many other ways, but yeah. live them all.
2: Thank you. <laughs> what cultures do you represent?
1: I represent Black American culture. Uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind. My background is actually Bahamian. Um, my, my my father's people are from the Bahamas. Um, but they came over in maybe the 30s or 40s. Um, and that was a generation removed to so my dad's parents. Came over in the thirties and forties and um I kinda didn't learn anything about Bahamian culture. I grew up in Miami. Um, so it's it's a lot of different Caribbean influences, obviously. Black Caribbean influences and Caribbean influences in general. But um I'm I'm definitely a black American woman. My mom is from Daytona Beach and um her dad had some roots in like New Orleans, but I'm Black American. All right. So,
2: mm-hmm. can I ask you where do you represent? Where? Period. What location. Hey, when somebody asked you where you from. What you represent? You know, I'm.
1: I'm from Miami. Um. Uh, I. I'm from Miami. That's the simplest way to put it. I've always felt like an outcast or different than the typical Miami person, but. I'm definitely from Miami. Those are my roots.
2: Okay. Okay, we love them. Mm-hmm. Dade County. All right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with us being from the South, I always mm-hmm. tell people this is my hardest question. And that is, do you mind sharing your age with us?
1: Oh, what's really funny is I cannot share my age with you. Mm. I mean, it's, it? it's public knowledge, but I, it's it's proven because of my career it's proven to not be upfront with my age. I can tell you that I play ages 30, mid, ages 30 to early 40s. I'll tell you that. Once
2: Mm -hmm. again, once again, this is the makings of Christian. Whatever (laughs) you say, that's what we're going with. It's no wrong or right. It's all the answers are correct. It's coming from you. This is your, Mm -hmm. this is your show. Okay. This is your conversation. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Oh uh, we <laughs> we will take note of that. So what's your sign? Can you share that with us? Yeah, I'm an
1: Aquarius. Aquarius, okay. Mm-hmm. Huh? January? The uh, beginning of February. February. February, February second, yeah, two two.
2: Happy belated birthday. I know what's your birthday already, my say it. You did. Thank you, I appreciate it. Always, always. So how would you define or describe your childhood growing up?
1: My childhood was uh, sanctified and Holy Ghost filled. (laughs) My uh, my mom, I grew up with my mom being the head pastor of our church after my dad. My dad was initially the head pastor when I was very young and he left. And then my mom became the head pastor and my stepfather became the assistant pastor. And to this day, my mom and stepfather run a church in Liberty City, Florida, which is Miami. and. I was always in church. Uh, it's a non-denominational kind of Pentecostal based church. I was always in church. I every time the door was opened, whether it was for service or or vacation Bible school or a car wash or feeding the homeless, if the door was open, that's where I was. I had no choice. So
2: yeah I read you loud and clear Listen. Got it. Got it. So what were the roles of your caregivers? Um coming up?
1: Uh well, in my life, my mother was the more vocal person in my life. Um, my stepfather was a provider. He's older and uh from from the country. So he was definitely more of a, you know, here's my check. I'm gonna go sit down and watch TV. And uh my mama kinda ran the situation. Um not that she ran over him at all, but he was he he was a strong, silent type until it was time to preach because, like I said, he was the assistant pastor or is the assistant pastor. Um, but my mom's role as caregiver was running everything. She was a teacher as well as being a pastor. So she never, to this day, has never gotten a salary as a pastor. She's still teaching. This is actually her final and 40th year teaching. She's retiring. Uh, yes, finally <laughs> in August. So. I'm very happy for her, very happy that she's finally retiring. But um, in addition to being a teacher, she was a teacher at my elementary school, me and my sister, my little sister's elementary school. So we were with mom all day after church. I mean, after school, it was church. After church, it was home. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's how it was my entire life.
2: Wow. And you actually going into our next question. Mm-hmm. Do you have any siblings?
1: Yeah. I have a younger sister. She's about a year and 361 days younger than me. She's almost two years younger than me. And, um, I have a younger brother who is 16 years younger than me. Mm. So my younger sister is from my mom and my dad, from my mom's first marriage. And my younger brother is from my mom and my stepdad. Um, so that's where that big age gap came from. He was a surprise, obviously.
2: That, that love baby. That's what we right.
1: <laughs> love, oops, you know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> we were born in the oops. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but hey, we're welcome. We're welcome. And you being the eldest, do you feel like you're the oldest? Do you have any of the stereotypes being the oldest sibling?
1: if you ask my sister, yes, because she thinks I try to run her life and she thinks I try to tell her what to do. I And I do, but it's because I love her so much and I want the best for her, of course. Um, I don't always feel like I'm the oldest. A lot of times I feel like, uh, because we are so close in age, I feel like um, some, sometimes my sister's a little bit more responsible than me um, in certain ways. Uh, but I, I've always tried to be the oldest. My dad made a point. Um, before he passed he made a point because he was the oldest so he made a point to tell me the role of the oldest and how i had to be in you know I, that stuck with me
2: oh we got ask that later like what is the role of the oldest because <laughs> whew, that's a lot that's a lot of pressure we'll mm-hmm. come back today we we'll come back today how do you feel about your education so far in life
1: You know, like I said, my mom was a a teacher. Is a teacher, so I education has always been super, super important. Um, My mom has a couple of degrees, and um, I believe my mom was the first in our family to get a college degree. I could be wrong. I don't think my grandfather did. My mom's mom passed away when my mom was five. She actually unfortunately committed suicide when my mom was five. So, um, and I didn't know my grandfather because he died when my mom was twenty one. So, um, I don't believe he got an education. So I really do believe my mom was the first, I was a second. Um, I'm on my fourth degree, third degree, third degree right now. I'm finishing in a month and a half. Hallelujah. And I love education. <laughs> I actually love, I love learning. Even if I'm not in a formal setting, I love learning. I love teaching actually. Um, but of course, on my own terms. Uh, as far as how I feel about my education, I feel like I went to school for what I wanted to go to school for. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily the most fruitful, the most you know, know what people will consider the big money um, degrees. Not necessarily, but it's what I'm good at. Yeah. Um, what I'm passionate about, you know. Absolutely,
2: mm-hmm. I think that's very important for us to do those things. Is- yeah. use school for what you wanted to use school for not with somebody else but what the lord meant for you but we'll we'll talk about (laughs) it that's a big conversation oh when did you have your first sense of responsibility repeat that say it again when did you have your first sense of responsibility
1: oh the first thing that comes to mind as far as a sense of responsibility is um as a big sister um I distinctly remember the one and only time my dad ever whooped me. And it was a major deal because my daddy was my knight in shining armor. He treated me like a princess. Like nobody was to touch me and talk to me any kind of way. Adults couldn't talk to me any kind of way around my dad. He really held me up. Um, So when he whooped me, it wasn't that it hurt so bad. It was that it was him doing it, right? First of all, I got whoopings all the time. I was a horrible child. <laughs> really? I was so disrespectful. It surprised you, right? I was so disrespectful. Such a smart mouth. I mean, I used to talk crazy to people. And it wasn't because I was bad. I one doing drugs, having sex. doing No, it was because I was talking crazy. I was literally like, I'm smart. And just because I'm a child doesn't mean I'm not smart. I'm going to let you know how smart I am. And I was talking crazy. Things that right now the child said. oh, God, no. To me, no. But I was never like that with my dad because he listened to me. Um, he always used to tell me that I was like him when he was a child. So he gave me the, the, um, the agency to say what I felt, not always the best idea for a child. But anyway, when he whooped me, it was because I beat up my sister and my dad let me know <laughs> that you're the older sister. He pretty much said, this is your child. You're, you have a responsibility to make sure she's okay. We were visiting him in Georgia. And um, we were staying with him and my grandma. And something happened with my cousins and I I hit my sister or something. She came running to my dad and he whooped me instantly without listening to me. And I was so heartbroken, so disappointed because he was disappointed. And he gave me this long talk that I never forgot. He said, your responsibility is to your sister. No matter what happens, you take care of your sister. And that was probably my first sense of responsibility that I remember. Wow, wow.
2: Thank you so much for sharing
1: seriously Mm -hmm. Um,
2: if y'all are just not tuning in y'all are listening or y'all are watching the makings of christian demerit so and with everything culture but oh my goodness hey (laughs) lessons learned you know i hate that you have to have so many but that one was very (laughs) impactful and the follow-up it's not so much about the the whooping or the spanking it's about the conversation that came with the two that really stuck around um so thank you for that um What was your first job? And when I say job, I mean taxable job.
1: Okay. Because, you know, so many that weren't taxable. So many that I didn't get paid for. First first job, taxable job, was McDonald's. Um, I was 16. McDonald's in Miramar, Florida. Around the corner from my house. It's still there. Um, And I might have been in 10 grade. Yeah. It was after my daddy passed. Um, so it was the second half of the year. Yeah. Um, of the school year. And um I would leave from school, uh, catch a bus, a walk, uh, to McDonald's and change my clothes there. And I wasn't necessarily the best employee, but I was um there every day. And I was happy with my little minimum wage job. what? My, my own money i little 300 hundred dollar check oh god I, I was gonna
2: ask um what was the wage at that time how much you was getting paid
1: child let me age myself real quick it was like 525
2: oh, my five <laughs> 18s, I understand.
1: it was really low it was really low and i was so happy with my little money i did absolutely nothing that i should have been doing with it like i didn't purchase anything that i needed i wasn't saving up for a car I I didn't even have a license I was just you know happy to have my own little money and I worked Mondays through Friday and no Monday through Saturday and I had Sundays off because I had to go to church of course um I loved my employee discount what we had 29 cent cheeseburgers (laughs) and like no 39 cent cheeseburgers and 29 cent hamburgers on like certain days so it was like a big deal. It was like I had the juice. All my high school friends would come in there and try to get hooked up. I was like, nah, I don't know if I'm going to give it to you. A little bit of juice that I had, McDonald's juice. <laughs> then I got suspended from McDonald's because I wasn't smiling one day. <laughs> <It> just...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to work. Can't remember you said you have it in a smart mouth. How was that working in customer service? like? That?
1: I didn't have a smart mouth in general. I had a smart mouth with people that were over authority and authority over me. Mm. Not not at work though. At work, I was my whole thing was not embarrassing the family. So, you know, this is the neighborhood McDonald's. They know my family, and I was good as far as I remember. One thing I did used to do, now that I think about it, um, as a church girl, I was I was trying to sneak and do little things I ain't supposed to be doing. So, I used to curse at work. And I used to feel so much freedom because you know, I'm home. At home, you can't, nobody curses at my house. I wasn't, some people were raising houses that people cussed, my mama didn't cuss. My stepfather did not cuss. A lot of people were, no listen, a lot of people were. I believe you. you. Yeah, I realized that on social media that people would be like, oh yeah, mama used to cuss me out. Never, never, never. (laughs)
2: My grandparents used to, they didn't curse. They used to use different type of curse words. Like, but you, the impact the it behind yeah. it was the same though. It was like, ooh, we yeah. some of somebody snake in the grass is absolutely yeah. out of pocket in my
1: family. I might have heard something like that, but never, never a curse word. Um, but what I would do when I got to McDonald's was use that as an opportunity to curse until one day one of my managers embarrassed me. She was like, I was just cussing up a storm talking to one of my uh coworkers. First of all, we were all teenagers. Everybody there was a teenager except for the managers. They were like twenty two. Um, and she was like, you know what? You go to church every Sunday. You come in here every Sunday. Cause I would come there for breakfast before I would go to church. So they see me in my church clothes. You go to church every Sunday. You cuss it up a storm like that. People like you make me not want to go to church. I was like, mm. what could I say? <laughs> I shut my mouth. I was so embarrassed.
2: No, we gotta go to the next question because my <laughs> response to that is not very Christian. <laughs> like,
1: she shut me up. i love never forget that.
2: See, yeah, I had a smart mouth. Mm-hmm. But we ain't talking about me. We talking about Christian. <laughs> we're making some Christian. So you already hit one of our um questions so, about how you were disciplined. So and you kinda mm-hmm. go to this one too, but I always like to ask you it, it is, so what were and what are your beliefs? In general? In
1: general. Oh, well, I have a lot of beliefs. When you first, when I first hear beliefs, I think of faith. Um, so I'll start with that. I was raised as a Christian. Um, I was raised, like I said, non-denominational. Um, I was raised to focus on relationship with Christ. Um, I did not find... I don't feel like I found my relationship with Christ until I needed him. Meaning... I was just doing what I was told to do until I was broke for the first time in my life or hungry for the first time in my life and didn't know where the food or the money was coming from. And, um, I had to exercise faith for the first time in my life, which was like college, which was like 17 or so when I was actually broke. This is before, uh, Cash App, before Venmo, before Zelle, this is when you had to wait for Western Union to get money. And uh, this is when you can go to the grocery store with $20 too. So. Um, yeah, I was, I, that's the first time I really focused on faith and relationship with Christ. So that's a part of my beliefs. I have so many other beliefs. I believe that, um, gosh, I'm I'm trying to think if I want to go controversial here. Um, it's your show. Yeah, but I'm thinking about backlash, I got to think.
2: Um, <laughs> I like that too. I appreciate
1: it. Yeah,
2: I got to think in it
1: uh, ahead. I'll just say that I believe that, um, here's the easiest way to put it. Love, in general, is the reason behind everything. It's the reason why why people do everything they do. Um, Maybe not the direct reason, but you could always trace it back to the need for love. Or seeking out love. Or because they love somebody. Um, Yeah. That's the best way to put it right now.
2: I like that, and like we will, we we'll converse about that later. But I will not get back into that. Okay. Uh-huh. So, who has been the biggest influence in your life?
1: Hmm. My mom. As cliche as that is, it's 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 um mostly for good influence, and sometimes what people might consider bad. Uh, although indirectly bad um, my mom is definitely the biggest influence Um, she's the reason why I know stability she's the reason why as horrible as her relationship was with my father I never heard a negative word about him and the reason why I love him so much and hold him in such high regard to this day 24 oh I was about to tell my age uh oh so many years after his passing (laughs) Um, she's the reason why I think the way that I do about him she wanted that relationship uh, because that's what she had with her father until he passed she wanted that daddy daughter bond and so no matter how he treated her as a husband she never and she had the right I, I should have asked her if I could tell her story or part of her story but she had the right trust me to dog him out and I'm talking about more than other typical situations where it's like he left me he cheated on me I'm talking about she had the right up and down to dog him out to me and my sister and never did. So she influences the way that I think of him right now. And I, I call him the love of my life right now. And so much of that, I'm realizing as I say it, is because of what she shielded us from. Right? Um, of course, faith-wise, she influenced us, influenced me. Um, the the not-so-positive ways, gosh, I would say that I have... Um, This is not my mother's fault, but I have suffered with anxiety all of my life because I was so cautious about not doing the wrong thing. Yeah, you feel me? So um, there's one of two ways you can go when you're taught to do the right thing. You could be curious about it and decide to do it or... You could be like absolutely not That is not me that's those people I'm different from those people I don't do this I don't do that and what that did was It took me the opposite way it kept me in Not just a physical Shell like the house but it Kept me in my mind just so afraid To live and I Feel like that partially stunted my growth I don't know if she could have avoided that because she was trying To do the best she could but that's another way That I was influenced from my upbringing Wow thank you Mm
2: -hmm. Thank you I love it I really do appreciate it. So well said and well spoken. Shout out to Mama. And Shout if you out. if, if you like to come on Everything Culture and do the makings of her. I'll talk to her a, about it. More she than is. welcome. <laughs> more than welcome. Yes. Okay. We need your recommendations.
0: Mm-hmm. All right.
2: These are your recommendations.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We need a book, a television series, and a film. Give me one of each. What would you recommend?
1: I'm totally biased on all of these. These are not necessarily what's going to enlighten everybody, but it's the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Okay. Uh, so, book I'm recommending right now.
0: Okay. That spoke to me. Oh, it's two. It's your
2: show. If you want to do two, do two.
1: Uh, well, let me start with the one that came to mind first. Will Smith's autobiography. Mm. Um, and actually, I'm a little biased to the audible version of it because he inc- incorporates music. Yeah. Oh, you have it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I I really like it. Um, And he is just really revelatory on there about himself. He kind of makes himself more real, more human. Um, And it explains a lot about how his public persona has been. how, How orchestrated and meticulous it was. And then how It eventually unraveled and of course the book came out before the whole oscar scandal but um it explains it you know i I would i would say anybody who cares to understand more about him and why and how and how he could allow and why he would show this to 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 um listen to his book um yeah and uh, and it talks a lot about success. And I mean, you can't deny his success, you know. The second book that comes up is Viola Davis's book, uh, her Audible book, too. Um, this is a personal favorite for mine because she's an actor and she's the type of actor that I would like to be. Um, so natural, so innately human on screen, like is holding, seeming to hold nothing back. And um, it's always interesting to me how a person could even be that way. Um, And then her story is one of abject poverty and insurmountable odds. Um, But then also so glorious in so many ways. She's very real and very human too. So um, I liked her book. You said film and
2: television series.
1: Television series. So again, bias Um, film, Brooklyn, Spike Lee. Um, Yeah i don't know why i
2: would guess that like i just that was my thing i like
1: but have you said it before probably okay Okay. i don't know i don't think i've said it on like tiktok or anything but probably have mentioned it um because i love it uh it came out when i was about to tell my age again it came out when i was young (laughs) keep doing that it came out when i was young And um, I felt like, so if you know the story, I felt like Troy, the character Troy. I I felt like I looked like her. We had the same hairstyle with the beads and the braids. right? And um, I was, so we did not have the same story. She grew up in Brooklyn, obviously. Um, She was the only girl of a bunch of boys and she had her two two parents in a household in in a brownstone. That was not my life. But it's the fact that I knew then that I wanted to be an actor. Even though I was in elementary school and she was a child actor who looked like me and was in Spike Lee's movie, starring in Spike Lee's movie for her first time ever in a role. Or maybe second time. Um the acting was just beautiful. The story is beautiful. Um, the music is amazing. Uh there's a part of the movie where she goes down to the south and uh have you seen the movie? Yes. i um,
2: cried. Like Isn't it good? I love Like we ain't wait, and once again, doing the makings of Christian. Oh, I oh, tell yeah, you, you, you can
1: shine, I you know,
2: I know, I know, <laughs> I know but it, I, I love the movie because of certain reasons. I'm on the other spectrum. Like I, re- uh, I kind of um, compare my life to that at a, at yeah. that age. You know, mm-hmm. to some extent. Even though I'm I'm from Texas, not from yeah. Brooklyn, but and it, it was just like a lot how the the family dynamic was. That's what mm-hmm.
1: I felt. So when she goes down to the south, there's a cinematography element to it that changes when she goes down to the south. So Spike purposely, I never noticed this as a kid. Mm -hmm. I just know it felt different. But Spike changes the, the, the dimensions of the frame. And I think he stretches it, like, up up and down, he stretches it so that the South feels weird because he said when he and his sister would visit the South, because his family is from Atlanta but he was raised in Brooklyn, when he and his sister would visit the South, it everything slowed down. Everything felt slow. They had big old yards and the weather was different and people talked with a bit of a drawl and it was a little different, you know?
2: It's a different culture.
1: What? <laughs> different, different culture. It's a different culture. So, um in the movie when they, when, when, Troy went to visit Viola and her Aunt Song and her Uncle Clifford, I think. Clifford, maybe? I don't know. Um, And the dog, I know you were the Queenie. Um, When she went to visit them, it felt different and it felt like home to me. It reminded me of visiting visiting from Miami, the big city, and going to visit my family in Georgia, going to visit my family in Alabama. And everything did slow down. And not, not just Georgia and Alabama. People don't know that Central Florida and up is real country. Real, real country. So, like, going to visit my family in Daytona, everything was, they had porches and rocking chairs and, you know, it just, it felt familiar.
2: And, and I guess that's a unique thing. When I'm in, I've never been to Miami directly, but I've been to numerous places in Florida. Mm-hmm. Florida is very much country. Then when you said, you're from the country too, but when you said Miami, Miami is the city. So.
1: Miami's the city. Miami's not country. I always, always affectionately call Miami country ghetto, country but. Um, and when I say that, I mean think city girls, think Trina, think Tricia. That's Miami. It really is. That really is Miami. And working class people, you know, whatever. Not everybody's a rapper or whatever, but it's it's it's, it's that's Miami. It's a good representation of Black Miami, by the way. I ain't talking um, about
2: loud and clear.
1: <laughs> Hello, I'm not talking it, about the. numerous
2: different cultures in Miami too. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But um, so anyway, yeah, crooklyn back to Brooklyn. That's why I love that movie. Uh, it was relatable and it was beautiful, and I would have loved to be in something like that. Second movie, Sister Act two. I don't even need to say the reason. Hello, I was clearly made to be in that movie. Of course, I was like ten years too young to be in that movie, but yeah, Sister Act two. I still watch that to this day. Um, TV show Martin, duh. Um, every single word of every single episode, every single nuance of every single joke. I, I apply Martin uh, 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 things to my life <laughs> like all the time. Like it's not just comedy; it's life.
2: Hey, <laughs> you played the car game?
1: Oh, it's really? right over there. Okay,
2: Sorry. just check. I played so it for the first I time. I went to Martin
1: parties. Party. I literally, I literally went to Chicago to go to a Martin trivia party, and Cole, Carl, Anthony Payne was there. And can I just tell you this? They started off with the national anthem. Right? This is what they did for the national anthem. This guy got up. He got on the mic. I'm going to use my paper towel. He got on the mic and he said, You can take the children. Bounce them on their knees. Bounce them on their knees.
0: The Barnell man kid. Did you miss
1: me?
2: Hey. See, see, this, this is us. This is connection right here.
1: Why did this man get up and say the national anthem in he statement?
2: It See, we can't see, once again, I know we, we got time. We ain't got a lot of time, let's say, but when I say we can talk about the impact who? that television show have on our culture and society. Culture!
1: It was representation.
2: Like, seriously. Oh. It, it still comes on now. It's kind of like I don't know what is the uh, uh, other people may look at Martin, and every time I talk to someone that may come from a different background or mm-hmm. you know may look like us or didn't grow up in the same type of household we may have had, even though you grew up in a Christian household, mm-hmm. with my grandparents much like that, very much like that, we yeah. still go sneak and watch Martin. You know, yeah, it
1: was definitely a sneak.
2: Oh, oh,
1: was not oh. allowed to watch it. And <laughs> they weren't even cursing like that on regular TV, so I was not allowed to watch that.
2: Yeah. I mean, okay. I remember anyway I
1: know I'm going long you
2: got me excited with Martin. <laughs> oh no, you're fine you're fine because this is the makings of Christian. so right. once again y'all make sure to like share uh, and comment y'all y'all let us know how you, uh, we're making you feel any thoughts and how you feel about the national the new national anthem but let's get back to oh, the next oh, question yeah. so we got uh, let's I'm gonna give one so we got Will Smith's biography we have um, Barbara, Barbara Davis, Davis. Mm-hmm. we have film um, Cricklin Sister Act 2 and Martin mm-hmm. as a television series. Yeah. Thank you for the recommendations.
1: Mm-hmm. All
2: right. Our next question. hmm You got a magic phone. And with this phone, you can call anyone. Whether they're being um, here, whether being fictional, whatever. You can have a phone call. Three phone calls you can call. Who do three people or entities be?
1: Oh, I get three. You got three. got mm-hmm. three. Well, first Well, the first thing that comes to mind is my father. Um, because I don't even know what I would ask him I just want to remember his voice again I don't have any recordings of his voice mm. Um, I have faint memories I was like I said in 10th grade when he passed and he him being in my life up until the time that he was and then him not being in my life after he left the, the impact that's had on my life I really feel like that is my origin story like that that was my catalyst for so many things in my life. I feel like my life would be completely different if he was still here. Um, maybe not all in positive. I don't know who knows I don't I just would love to talk to my dad now and I don't know what he sees, but like just explain to him the impact he made on my life in those fifteen years. Um, um, the other two. Oh, you said fictional too. Um. Okay, so this person is not fictional. This person is a real person. Um. So actually, I'm not even gonna. say... Okay, Brandy, and let me tell you why. Brandy is my favorite singer. Everybody who knows me knows this. Um, she's been my favorite singer since I was nine years old. Um since her debut album came out and uh the trajectory of her career has been one that I've always just wanted to emulate um she was the girl like people you know sometimes we get like selective amnesia she was that girl like internationally that girl she just was and she was a brown girl she had was rocking braids she was very black like very culturally black you we know about
2: Aisha but they forget about this.
1: but I I pull back don't get me started, Drake. Don't get me started because you know I'll go. Okay, okay. Listen, Thea, I still watch Thea. First of all, my problem is I'm I, I'm so nostalgic that sometimes I get stuck in the past. I have to stop myself from watching old things. Like I'm that's 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 why I do the series that I do on TikTok. Um, but or yeah, I
2: need to check that out. By the way, but go ahead.
1: Please check it out. But um, yeah, Brandy, I would I will just talk to her and and kind of try to pick her brain about what what it was like. In that era not just in general but what it was like from her perspective she was everything people just now people are giving her flowers but for her to be so young for her to be black for her to be just her own television show cover girls cinderella the chart topping diamond platinum albums like people don't give her the credit she deserves now because like i said we get selective amnesia. yeah, I would want to talk to her. And what's funny is I've like crossed paths in certain ways since I moved out here in L.A., but I feel like it'll happen. It's supposed to happen. It will. And the third person that I would want to talk to... I'm about to go deep. <laughs> it's not that deep. Um, I want to talk to God. And as a child of him... I do talk to God, but I would want to, I don't, some people hear God audibly. I would want to hear him audibly. And I would want to ask questions specifically as it relates to my people, as it relates to black people um, in our culture, black American people. Um, I feel like in general, black American people are a gift Uh, to the world. I feel like a gift that we don't necessarily always try to give, but people definitely take from. Um, We bring so much to the global culture and benefit from it. Almost none. Um, Some of the fights that we're fighting now, present day, in America specifically, for instance, the things that's going on in Florida with the government, how they're literally banning certain degrees that focus on African-American history. And not just African-American history, they're banning degrees that focus on Asian history. They're banning degrees that focus on culture. And I I, I often feel like Black people, for some reason, are so hated. (laughs) Yes, yeah. It's the reason
2: why I started this.
1: Yeah. I don't understand why we're so hated. I never understood it. I never, I never got it. Like I I actually understand why people, when I say understand, I don't mean I relate, but I can understand the mindset of people who think that black people cause their own problems in general, but I do not understand why we're hated. When we're so emulated, so attempted to be duplicated, so attempted to be imitated. You, You can't deny it. I don't care how racist you are. Even in everyday lingo, it's black. It's black. And so people are so afraid of it.
2: it I'm it's, working hard coding my tongue right here. Because once again, this could turn into a whole conversation. I, I
1: could go on. Yeah. I'm not going to because I know we on a time thing, but listen.
2: You ain't listening to it. Like, I know you've listened to everything culture, but I'm going to send you mm-hmm. my episode and we'll, come, we'll okay. come back together and have a discussion.
1: We might have to do a part two. Because my goodness, just on that alone, just on Black culture alone. But anyway, yeah, I got to talk to God. I, what's up? What, what's our purpose here in general? Because what did, uh, and we've, listen, don't get me wrong. I can't ignore the, the leaps and bounds that we've made despite every obstacle. But even that can sometimes be divisive among us because, uh, don't get me started. Mm, yeah, mm, those are, mm. That's my third one.
2: <laughs> I, I, hey, once again, I'm, 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 I'm letting you rock with this one. I'm just yeah, so,
0: I'll
2: be your sponge right now. <laughs> okay, but thank you for thank you for those phone calls. Yeah. Um, leading to our next question, mm. what has been an impactful moment in your life? Just
1: an impactful moment. Um, let's see. Like I said, the shift, the first thing that comes to mind, the shift in my life was February 24th, 1999, um, when my father left this physical plane. Um, It became, it it, it was, it was a, I can't even say a slap in the face. It was a, a, an MMA (laughs) knockout. It jarred me. It shook me. It's like, what is this? Mainly because my dad had been sick multiple times before. I've been in the hospital for long times and came out. You know, um, was back to normal in a couple months and we were back to regular life. That had happened maybe two or three times before. So I thought this was another time when he was going to come out like he always did. And in my brain, in my child brain, God was going to heal him. That's just what he's been doing. That's how it's going to be. Um, That's what God does. That's how my life works. You know, up until that point, I had had no loss. So I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Of course I understood death, but I didn't actually, I didn't understand death. I knew what death was or I thought I did, but I didn't understand it for real. Right. Um, so the impact, what that did was it changed my faith. Um, it didn't make sense. Nothing made sense. The world did not make sense. I didn't understand. I distinctly remember being... This is a Wednesday night. I distinctly remember being in the hospital waiting room, looking up at the TV and seeing the Grammys on a Wednesday night. Not Sundays like it is, on a Wednesday night. And I remember looking up at the TV and seeing the Grammys and thinking, why are y'all functioning right now? Why, why are y'all having a, an award show? My dad is dead. They all, why is the world going on? Do yeah. people not understand? Seeing my family, my dad's family in there and, you know, people are comforting me and I, everything was slow motion. And I just like, I remember seeing him. They tried to take me in the room. I remember standing in the hallway, looking in the room and not being able to physically move. I remember people pushing me, telling me, go in there, hug him. I'm like, first of all, he just looked like he was asleep. I can see his face right now. He just looked like he was asleep. But I didn't, I, I didn't process it. And then, the time after that was the most difficult because anxiety changed. Everything changed. Everybody was going to die at that point in my in my brain. Everything could kill me. Everything. Like I was, I, I didn't want to ride in cars. I was, I think I did go to therapy briefly. Prayer, Jesus helped a lot. I really did. I do remember feeling comforted by the idea of knowing that I'm going to see my dad again in heaven. But um, as I became an adult, it's like I regrieved. <laughs> like, you know, I dealt with that as a child and then as an adult, it's like, yo, I don't got no daddy. Like, my friends have fathers, <laughs> you know? Whether they have a great relationship with them or not, they have somebody they can have a bad relationship with. I don't know what it looks like for a man to love me. The last person that loved me was my cheerleader. The last man that loved me was my cheerleader, was my daddy. The one that built me up every time my dad saw me It was like my own personal cheering section. I remember one time calling my daddy to come to my high school because this lady thought I uh, cheated on a paper. I was a smart kid, I am a smart person. So I always was getting straight A's. She thought I cheated. I was so defensive and mad and I was disrespectful in my defense, like, how you gonna tell me I cheated? My daddy came up there without question. It was like, my daughter did not cheat. She could pass this test. It was a Spanish test or something like that. She could pass this test you know, blindfolded. You, you, you just thought she thinks she's cheating because she's black. And he went off. And I felt like, that's right. Somebody got my back. I, ain't nobody had my back since then. i never felt nobody, like anyone had my back. I've always felt from every other adult and from most people, not my friends, but most people that I was, I had to defend myself. I had to defend my personality. My daddy understood my personality. My daddy had my personality. I had my daddy's personality. So I didn't have to explain why I was so the way that I was, so rebellious, so abrasive. He, I was him. He was me. And it's like my my twin flame, my better half, the love of my life, left me by myself. Mm. And I've been looking for a cheerleader and a man ever since. But that's a different podcast. Oof. <laughs> I got the napkin here. I got the napkin. I see what you're trying to do. I see uh, I'm what not, you're trying hey, this, to do. I just
2: ask questions. <laughs> You got me Lord. all about to grab, hey, let me grab mine. Like, let's go, like
1: uh, <laughs> listen, yeah. I was this close, but I, I,
2: you, hey, you very well spoken and held it together very well, too. Um, once again, thank you for sharing mm-hmm. you with us and that, that experience and that moment. I know a lot of people can relate to that, believe it or not, okay. seriously, um, difficult but look where we at now and you know you got supporters you may not see them as much as you think you do but you got support that's what it's say. goodness y'all once again if you're just not listening just now watching you know whoever shared this with you tell them thank you and we want to say thank you again to christian demir how you feeling christian
1: i'm feeling good i'm feeling um like i need to listen to the prophecies that have been over my life I literally got prophesied to last night coming from choir rehearsal that I need to write a book and um, I I don't I, I, I've never seriously considered it but um, I'm not opposed to it you know
2: okay. we, we, we go we go talking about that but when we get to that book mm-hmm. what's your theme song what song represents Christian I <laughs>
1: You know, I'm gonna start just saying what's on my mind first and stop censoring myself. So my song, it's a little different side of me, but my song is Bad Girl by Usher. Mm. That song they don't need to play that song when I'm around because they listen, I don't care. I don't care what's going on, I don't care what kind of event. It comes on, I'm getting on a dance floor by myself if I have to. I've done it before and I'm going to show out. I'm Finna, that's in Miami. I'm going to show out. Just yeah. let you know. That's all I got to uh, say
2: about <laughs> Already.
1: wrote that song for me. I was like, sure. How dare you?
2: Well, thank you, Usher. We appreciate you. Our <laughs> artists matter. Okay.
1: Uh.
2: <laughs> how would you define joy?
1: person that comes to mind. So, my middle name is Joy. Everybody calls me Joy. Um, (laughs) So, uh, my mom told me that when I was a baby, I came out smiling, and it's because my daddy was talking to me. Literally, I wasn't crying. I was smiling. Um, So, my middle name became Joy. My name is Christian Joy Demerit. Um, Nobody calls me Christian, really. Uh, My my stage name is Christian-Joy, but I define Joy as... um, A state of being no matter what. And funny enough, because I have dealt with bouts of depression and anxiety, um, I define joy as the strength that God gives you no matter what. Meaning no matter what is happening, you still have it. After all that I've been through, I still have joy.
0: You know, like while I'm going through it, not Later, (laughs) I still have it. And that's enough to make me cry. Because happiness is fleeting. But to have joy.
1: To have joy, um, no matter what, it's such a blessing because, well, let me tell you. (laughs) I don't know what people believe in, what people
0: believe is attacking them, but the enemy can really try to attack your mind and make you feel like all is lost. And um, joy is the reason why I'm still here. Mm. Yeah. So y'all, we gonna take a quick break? (laughs)
2: and we'll be right back hey what's going on it's your host drake b drake with everything culture just want to butt in real quick and ask for y'all support now y'all know i greatly appreciate all the love that you're showing listening to the show but i have to ask could y'all please leave us a review and if you don't know how to leave a review don't worry i got you You can go to Apple Podcasts, find everything culture. Make sure to click on the name of the show. Scroll down to where you see ratings and reviews. Please hit that five stars or just leave your honest opinion. Then right under that, you can drop us a review. Um, Leave a subject line. The catchier, the better. And just tell us how you feel. That goes a long way with supporting us. But let's say you don't have an iPhone what should you do then we got you with that too you can go right over to spotify find everything culture again and you just want to hit on the ellipses at the top right and it will pop up where you can rate the show they see there you go there you have it now make sure to subscribe to us on youtube and anywhere else you may listen to everything culture um we greatly appreciate your support we love y'all and let's get back to the conversation let's get back to the show Peace. Welcome back, beautiful people. We're back with the Magnus of Christian Merit And we're getting right back into it. All right. You ready, Christian? I'm ready. Yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, oh, my God. What privileges do you benefit from?
1: Hmm, I like that question because we all benefit from privileges. We all have certain levels of privilege. Um I benefit from so many privileges. I benefit from uh This, so is, I don't know what, this is the first one. Uh, you see the filter go up Yeah, head, I saw right? the filter. Yeah. <laughs> I like I that I okay. like that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Okay. Um I benefit from English speaking privilege. English being my first language. Mm-hmm. Um I can go into that, but figure it out. Um, (laughs) I benefit from um, Black privilege because of the benefits that come with being Black. Um, Naturally, people automatically usually think I'm cool. People usually think I have rhythm, which I do. I benefit from that. Um, Culture, Black culture, Black American culture. Um, And people who understand how much of it is the root of most culture in America, all of it, Um, They understand the privilege, but even if they don't, I understand the black privilege that I have. Um, I benefit from um, melanin privilege because I don't look as old as I am. Um, And that's the blessing of the amount of melanin in my skin. Um, I benefit from how much you want to do because I I have a list.
2: (laughs) What is your thing is how much you want to include. So whatever you say, that's
1: it. That's that. I benefit from being born in the first world, Um, like not a third world country. Um, So, um, and because this this particular country is so xenophobic, I benefit from being born in America. Let's just be honest. Um, Being an American, born in America, which is what "born in America" means. Anyway, um, I benefit from. Oh, I benefit from curvy privilege. Let me explain that. Um, you can be plus-sized and not be curvy. Some people use those two interchangeably. And there's a, 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 um, a trend now, and some people's life has always been a trend, but there's a trend now of curvy being more in than it used to be. When I grew up in the nineties, aging myself, it was about the waif. It was about the Kate Mosses. It was about the straight up and down girls. Um, nowadays it is about curve. People are literally adding to their bodies to fit into a temporary trend. Um, There was a time before the 90s when that Rubenesque form was in style. It comes and goes, it ebbs and flows. That's what all trends do. I happen to benefit from that right now. I happen to benefit from the hourglass shape and the bigger bottom that, you know, there's a privilege to be in shape like that. Meaning I can gain weight and lose weight I'm a plus size girl, always have been, but I still have that shape. Now, if I get too crazy with the gain of weight, obviously the shape will turn into more of a <laughs> a circle than <laughs> hourglass. Um
2: Be more of a singular and, curve.
1: Right. And if I get too skinny, it will turn into more of a, a stick. You know, it can. I don't I don't know if I've ever been that small. But anyway. Um and I benefit from being straight presenting. And let me tell you why that is a benefit. Because nobody assumes just from seeing me that I'm anything but a straight woman. And there are biases when you see gay people. Um, Not everybody has them. It's different now. But um, I benefit from being heterosexual presenting. Um, It's so many privileges. I have a lot of uh, privileges. And I love you
2: explaining them to us as well. Oh, oh, love it. Okay. Okay. Well, where what areas in your life do you need to heal?
1: I have a daddy void, like most people. I, most people have parental issues, mommy voids, daddy no well, mommy issues, daddy issues. My daddy issue is a daddy void, because obviously he's been here has not been here most of my life. Um, definitely need to heal that. I'm healing from that. Um Hmm. Other than that, that's the major one. Oh, that's a
2: big one. Say that. Uh,
1: because, well, there are residuals because of that. So I've gotten into bad relationships trying to fill that daddy void and have been injured from those. But that's the main one. Um, thank you. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who represents your community of support? Who represents my community or support?
2: Community of
1: support. Oh, community of support. Um, That changes it. Who represents my community of support? My mama. We get into it. Me and my mama don't always get along. Um, but my mom is always there. Um, my mama, this past Thanksgiving, I live in L.A. by myself. This past Thanksgiving, my mom flew from Miami. She spent Thanksgiving with me. And um, my family did not have her there for Thanksgiving. That was a big issue, but she came. She didn't have to. I could have spent Thanksgiving by myself. She came and it was me and her in this house, <laughs> this big empty house. Uh, she cooked a few things. We watched TV and chilled. You know, that's my support. And I have friends who are supportive too, of course. Okay.
2: Shout out to mama. Shout out to the friends.
1: Oh, wh- one friend I want to mention specifically. I'm sorry. My I friend Janiyah. Janiyah, I always call her my cheerleader. Janiyah is the person that probably cheers for people more than she, definitely cheers for people more than she cheers for herself. That girl is selfless, sometimes to her detriment. I'm saying this because I know she gonna watch this. That's the homie though. That's the that's the one that she gotta succeed because she is in everybody's corner, especially mine. That's my sis. Uh.
2: Shout out to you, Janaya. Thank you for mm-hmm. being that community of support for our people. We love yeah. it. It makes such a difference. So Christian. Mm-hmm. When did you realize you were different?
1: I realized I was different probably, probably elementary school. Oh yeah, definitely elementary school. My first physical fight ever, I realized I was different because I was trying to rationalize with the girl. I literally was talking to her like, why are we fighting? <laughs> I was like six <laughs> on the playground like, what, why are we doing this? What exactly does this prove? Like, if you have a point, like, let's make the point. I wanted to debate. She was like, I'm I to whip y'all damn. So that didn't really work. I was like, Oh, these people are different from me. I don't like to fight. I'm not a fighter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I understand you on so many different levels. Like, a lot of people, like, everything culture is built off of, like, our pillars, and, you know, it's the foundation of love, so we get to know each other so we can love one another, you know? Mm-hmm. In the buy and print these hands do come with it if we can't get across to you or we try to oh, get across to you but I don't I'm not a fighter at all. I, I don't want to be either
1: <laughs> you don't want to be <laughs> I don't want to be but don't push me
2: yeah 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 it's one of those things like, I, I avoid always but goodness as I <laughs> um, oh goodness 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 so what are you responsible for
1: myself I'm responsible for myself right now. This is probably the most selfish I can be in life. I am a woman of a certain age. I have no children. I have no husband. I live alone. I'm essentially isolated other than when I go to school or go to church. Um, I'm responsible for myself and anything that happens in my life. Mm, Most things that happen in my life, good or bad, my success, my failures, I'm responsible for those things. Love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know this is gonna be a difficult one for you. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Who would play in your biopic? Who would direct it? What network would it be on? Or would it go to the theater? And what would it what what would it be rated? What would be the rating? And you cannot play
1: yourself. Okay, stop I, it. Now why I, would I, you I knew that that's gonna be the issue? <laughs> There ain't nobody that I know that has been discovered yet that can play me. And I, what I mean by that is, um, I'm such a connoisseur of acting in general and natural acting. There's a very specific way that I like to see characters portrayed. And if I'm alive when this happens, I do not believe right now that there's a an actor that's discovered that can play me. If I had to pick an actor right now, just, oh no, her acting. No, never mind. Um, so, who would so uh-huh. direct it? So, you'll be by yourself. I'll be myself. Thank you. Um, directed by, I wouldn't mind Ryan Kugler taking a shot at my story because of what he had done with um, the previous Creeds and what he did with. Um, Fruitvale Station. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind him taking a shot at my story. But you know what? Actually, let me take that back. Um, I don't know. Spike Lee would do a good job. I used to, love, I used to be obsessed with Spike Lee. I used okay. to be obsessed. Denzel might do a good job, too. He did pretty good with, with Journey for Jordan. I don't know. I'll, one of those three.
2: Okay. What network would you want him to come on? Theaters. Theaters,
1: okay. Theaters, and then they can show up on Lifetime later on or something.
2: Lifetime, that's what I was getting at right there. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> and what would be the rating?
1: Mm, probably PG thirteen. Yeah. Love it. Love I it. mean, but clearly that would only be some of the story. But uh you know, I want more people to see it, so PG thirteen.
2: <laughs> I love uh, you. You get it. You get it. Okay. you <laughs> got. We still got a few more questions. All right. Mm-hmm. If you were rich, wealthy, money did not matter to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do whatever you wanted to do with the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you have to have one career. You got to do one thing. What would you do?
1: I mean, I would still act. Um, I Clearly, that's not a job that's providing wealth right now. But um, now, not now. It's going to get there. Y'all check out my GoFundMe. But um, I would still act. Uh, I would still perform um but more than anything i would provide housing for out of work not out of work new up-and-coming black actors in la atlanta maybe florida um and i would let them live like rent free for like a year or two or until they got a big contract um and then ask them to pass it pass it on pass it forward pay it forward Mm -hmm. um but yeah i would still act i would still perform definitely oh
2: yeah yeah that's what it's all about and forward okay this is a would you rather Mm -hmm. would you rather go back in time and speak to your younger self or would you rather for your future self come and talk to you now
0: Hmm.
1: future self i would rather my future self come and talk to me now mainly because when it comes to the talking to my younger self i don't believe that i could change anything
0: oh well, wait a minute
1: because now i'm thinking i would tell my younger self to invest in google and amazon um just on the money too <laughs> would your younger
2: self listen to you though
1: yeah okay yeah yeah, actually, yeah. Now, if we're not talking about money and I can't change anything, then definitely my future self, but then maybe I don't want to know the future. I don't know. Younger self, we'll go with younger self.
2: Mm-hmm. We'll do that, we'll do that. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. How do you relax?
1: What is that relaxing? Um, Every once in a while, and I mean like twice a year, maybe, sometimes once a year, I get a massage. A full body massage, like I'll go pay some Thai woman to beat me up, um, and put me to sleep. <laughs> Sounds so violent. Um, like regular relaxing, I, I get. Oh, this is so bad. I get lost in social media. I get lost in TikTok. Um, sometimes to the detriment of myself. Most times to the detriment of my progression and productivity. Um um yeah, and eating, unfortunately, because it's not healthy food that I'm relaxing with. Uh I definitely comfort myself with food. Um and that ain't great, but yeah, that's the truth. I understand that as <laughs>
2: <real. laughs> no well. Yeah. Okay. And speaking about food, it's mm-hmm. my favorite question. If you can have any meal at a snap of your fingers, but it had to be this one meal, whatever it is though. What would it be and who would prepare it for you?
1: I'm not good at these type of questions because I always disappoint people with my answer. You know. Um, what I okay. Gosh, there's so many things. I really love food. Um, there's there are these things, I don't know the names of them, they're Italian. Um, they're like a lightly fried um, eggplant, like, it's, I think it's called flautas or flutes, flutas, something like that. I had them one time right before I moved from Florida to LA. I'm sure I can find them out here. But um, they were so unbelievably good that it was, excuse me, it was orgasmic how good this food was. It was... <laughs> I can't wait to get home just for that. And oxtail pizza. I love pizza. I love. I know. I know. I know. Listen to what I tell you.
2: <laughs> so, so I just saw recently barbecued smoked oxtail, and I want to try that soon.
1: You've but, had oxtail, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay.
2: Yeah, I, I made I I, I sous vide some oxtail about a I year. Ago. Been cooking, yeah. Yeah, I'll be cooking. Like I don't, mm-hmm. you know, the podcast be taking most, but I'll be, I'll be throwing down.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm, I'm gonna do a little bit more, but oxtail pizza—that is some, that is some Caribbean island. Um, that that is culture right there. That is everything culture right there. That's a mix of a lot. Let me tell you that.
1: Uh, I love bread. First of all, I love fresh baked bread, and then the, the savory oxtail. I'm hungry.
0: Oh, hey,
2: see, hey. we
1: I, I need both of those in one meal. That's
2: okay, who I mean. and who would make it for you?
1: Uh, Whoever makes it.
2: Hey, just
1: whoever. <laughs> the the person, the chef at the Italian restaurant and the um pizza guy at the pizza place, which is in New York.
2: Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. We're rocking and rolling, we're rocking and rolling. So... Mm-hmm. I'm on to our next question. I love that response, by the way. Once again, I'm loving all of this. This is the making <laughs> of Christian, y'all. And we just have a few more questions. You know, mm-hmm. you ready to close it out?
1: Uh, I mean, I got a few minutes. I just okay. got my text that um, my people are ready to meet
2: me. But you know, they, they good. They you are handling some important business. We hit Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How would you want people to
1: remember you? Um. As a I want to be remembered as a person who emanates love and sound advice, somebody who they consulted when they had serious decisions to make in their life. Um, somebody who made them feel seen, somebody who warmed them up when they saw me. Um somebody who you just you had to be around. Somebody whose laugh was infectious, somebody whose personality is contagious, somebody who just puts a smile on your face automatically.
2: Love it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Love it. Okay. What changes do you want to see in your culture?
0: So many.
1: Um, I, the changes that I want to see in my culture all involve Black American people realizing who the true enemy is. And it's not what you think. It's not the white man. That's not what I mean. I mean the enemy... Uh, that was set up against us from the beginning of our inception here in America. Um, When we realize why we do what we do as a whole, why we are so similar, why we are the same, when we realize, I mean, as typical or cliche as it is, when we realize that we are really a family unit, everything changes. I could go into that, like, but it's, I'm just thinking of so many examples of us believing what what we believe combats racism, combats white supremacy, um, and we all try our different ways at it. Um, but it doesn't work individually. It doesn't work broken off. It's never going to collectively work. But the truth of the matter is that's the genius behind systemic racism. It was meant to divide and then conquer it doesn't work (laughs) if we're together it just doesn't that's why that's why a few weak people could conquer many strong people because you get them in the mind you divide them mentally and then you conquer them you know and if we realize that that's the reason behind so much of what we do even to this day we would we would be leaps and bounds ahead of where we are. That's not to say that we would solve every issue because I don't believe racism is our issue to solve because we didn't cause it. Um, but that's again another podcast.
2: That yeah, we <laughs> you this the right no this is the podcast <laughs> this is the you podcast. But episode but this right. is the podcast that's another episode yeah right. yeah yeah okay right. okay, right. okay. We got two more
1: mm-hmm.
2: what changes are you bringing to the culture
1: you know there was a time where I was tired of being an activist Mm. Um, I was so gung-ho and on fire for my culture and I still am but in a completely different way but in my early 20s late teens, I was just preaching to everybody who would listen. And I mean everybody. I was preaching to preachers. I was preaching to everybody about the need for unity in my culture. Mm. Um Trayvon Martin that killed in 2012. His mom used to get her nails done where I used to get my nails done. I used to see her. Um that hit home. I was in the streets with that. I was I was in the protests with that. I saw nothing happening. Um I, I felt helpless. I felt heartbroken. I felt so dejected when it came to the my culture. Um, I felt like I wasn't making a change. The only thing I could think to do was um, change uh, the way that Black people get exposed to Black businesses. So I started an LLC called the Black Dollar LLC, um, which was all about promoting Black-owned businesses. It's a directory about promoting Black-owned businesses. Um, unfortunately that is currently defunct because I got disappointed and dejected because of that. It's still, you know, it still belongs to me, but right now I'm not doing much with it. Not much. I'm doing some things with it. Um, I'm, I plan on starting that up again, but I've, I've, I don't know the answer to that question. That's what I'm trying to say. I've tried so many different avenues. I've tried the marching. I've tried the protesting. I've tried the, you know, doing it from a, um, financial, um, uh, uh, method, Um, um, business wise, I've tried different things. Uh, all I can do now and all I can think to do now is every conversation I have or most conversations I have to, to incorporate it in my conversation, to start with the mind. I am naturally a teacher. I did teach middle school for 10 years, almost. Um, and I'm just, if you talk to me long enough, I'm probably going to be teaching you something or attempting to teach you something. So that's what I, (laughs) that's what I, um, I can do right now is is attempt to educate.
2: Hey, I think that was the an answer right there. Yeah, that was the best answer you can give. I think that's an answer a lot of people need. Yeah, oh, and thank you. But last question we have here yeah. is: How can we support you? How can everything, culture, Drake, and our community support you?
1: Great question. I appreciate that question. Um, So I went viral on TikTok in January um, for talking about my headshots that I took with a photographer in Miami in 2010. He sold them to stock photo sites. Um, I did not read the fine print, so I did not know that's what he was doing. I ended up on a whole bunch of different crazy ads and novels, sex novels, and all sorts of things. Um, I think I have like a million views on that at this point. Um, It's... Crazy, Y'all, guess what time it is? Okay, so I'm sure I'm not going to have enough time to tell you this crazy story. It's not really crazy. Apparently, it's not that uncommon. But I didn't know it until it happened to me. So, um, those pictures were taken uh, right after I got my theater degree. I needed some new headshots. So, this was 2010. Those pictures were taken 12 can I count? Uh, third, almost thirteen years ago. Good Lord, it's 2023. Anyway, um, that uh photographer was uh, referred to me by another actor in South Florida, where I'm from. We um, took those pictures at Bayside. You know, he told me to bring some tops, and you know how you do headshots. You you come, do some poses. He gave me a discount rate. It was like hundred dollars. Shook his hand, Thank you for his business. That was it, right? So well, I thought that was it. Um, I don't even know how long between taking those pictures and hearing about the first time they were used in an ad. I don't know, like, if it was a few years, a few months. I don't know. This was a long time ago in my head. So, um, But I remember a girl I knew who lived in Sacramento was walking by a newsstand, and she sent me, well, let me show you. She sent me this. So uh, this particular um, news, I guess, magazine, Sacramento News and Review, um, used my picture and turned me into the Mona Lisa. And it was an article about whether or not Sacramento's art scene was too white. I thought it was an interesting way to use the picture. I actually liked it. However, I, I, I didn't know how they got it. Like, what's going on? So not too long after that, this came up. This picture, um, which is probably the most used picture out of all of these, there've been so many, um, but this picture was on a billboard in another country, as I, I, I believe someone told me. So this picture, obviously my breasts were huge. I were because I got a breast reduction. Um, but ironically enough, this picture was used for a breast reduction ad. Uh, and also, I don't know if y'all remember um, Madame Noir, but they used this for a couple of their articles. One was like uh, 10 tops to wear if you have big boobs. Another one was like um, uh, uh, open letter to the guy who accidentally touched my boob. They This picture has made its rounds. Oh, I'm running out of time. I'm going to come back and tell y'all to rest and show y'all some more pictures. Uh, the problem with that is I didn't make no money from it. Of course, Mm. he's still currently making money from it, which, you know, it's well within his legal rights, maybe not ethical rights, but legal rights to do. Um, but I made no money from it. I'm still not making any money from it. A lot of, it's been covered all over the place. The Today Show, Inside Edition, uh, uh, the Daily Post, Daily Mail, all, when I say all over the place, it's been covered worldwide, all over the place, this story. Still haven't made any money from it. Um... I quit teaching. I'm now graduating with my master's, like I said, in a month and a half. I praise the Lord, but I need some money. <laughs> I need a job. <laughs> I need a place to stay. Um, I'm out here in Los Angeles, just trying to make it. I do have a GoFundMe on my TikTok page um, to help support my career endeavors and just trying to, you know, get a leg up and try to make it out here. Um, that's how you could financially support me. As far as um, other methods of support, if you pray to Jesus, you can pray for me. Um, if you... Uh, <laughs> if you... Um, you know, just positive thoughts, good vibes, as the kids say. Um, you know, support what you see me do. Follow me on different social media um instagram christian.joy.d tiktok same thing christian.joy.d um and you know support that way follow comment give me some engagement um you know it's so many other ways that i want to say but that's all i'm gonna say
2: hey thank you seriously because i usually ask people if you trying to be found where can the people find you but you just listed it out there so, I knew that was coming. So, you know, hey, so we got TikTok. I know you got Twitter and I know you got IG. We make. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, but all in all being said, we definitely go support, you know, and we definitely go have to. Well, I can go and get it myself and make sure we go share that Um, GoFundMe because not only before she went viral, okay, she has been sharing so much content about. Her craft, about the people who's been there to have that have made an have made an impact on our culture. I want to make sure y'all are being heard. I want to make sure y'all are listening to that right there. Mm -hmm. And I've been impressed by this young woman for. Did
1: you say young old Drake?
2: Listen, I'm like for real, like. (laughs) with everything culture y'all probably done seen on my page if you go to ig you've seen it like three four times before she probably even knew who i was okay that's how much i'm telling you i support what they're doing you know so i'm thankful to have you as a guest i really appreciate what you're doing and the growth and the, the amazing you know the future you're gonna have ahead of you you know so thank you for joining us again for the makings of christian the thank y'all for listening thank y'all for watching and christian once again we're wishing you the best
1: thank you so much Drake. this was great this is just what i expected it was wonderful thank you
2: (laughs) (laughs) well thank y'all y'all again peace talk to y'all later